I got to talk. I got to tell what I feel. I got to talk about my life as I see it. Biggie. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back for another episode of Lunch and Coffee. I'm your host, Pat. Yo, what's good? It's Cam. It's your boy, Will. Hey, man, we back for another uh, roundtable discussion, man. We got some great topics coming up for you guys. Um, but before we get into that, man, we got to offer some weekly reflections. So, uh, what's up? What's, what's been up with you guys? Oh, uh, you know, uh, you know, work. You know, I've been working like you know ten hours a day, but it's all Sheesh. good. Uh, my biggest reflection is just you know, when when work gets hectic, life is gonna get hectic. You gotta find your center. You know, find something that you can go to that's positive, whether it be meditation, reading. Uh, you know, I, I like to pop on the game. You know, shooting a couple niggas on Call of Duty, whatever it may be. <laughs> Uh, just so you don't feel overwhelmed, you know, because, you know, life's going to uh, throw a lot of curveballs and haymakers at you. But, you know, you just got to keep it, keep it moving, keep it pushing and find your center. I like that, Cam. I like that. I think for me, man, it was uh, this week has been like the week of small victories, you know. And I think a lot of times we don't uh, get a chance to reflect or even celebrate the small accomplishments we make, you know. Um, like I said earlier, sometimes, man, you expect, you know, when you do something new and something, you know, creative, you, that you're going to, like, hit it out the park. You know what I'm saying? Home run, first time. And a lot of times, that's not the case. You know, actually, most of the time, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But we do have small victories that, you know, that happen to us every day, the goals that we set, you know, weekly goals that we get through, and we accomplish those. And sometimes, we don't give ourselves enough credit, you know, of the things that we do on a daily basis that are remarkable and extraordinary. So, make sure you guys count your small victories, because they matter, too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, this week is this week has been one of those, but um I mean, on par with that, I was just uh just cracked open a new book called uh, Atomic Habits. And uh in the first chapter, they basically talked about how we always, you know, want something to happen. You know, you want to get that home run the first time you stepped up to the plate, but it doesn't really work like that. And and one of the examples that they gave was like a ice cube melting. Mm-hmm. Right? So you had 25 degrees Raise the temperature to 26, nothing happens. 27, nothing happens. All the way to 31, nothing happens. But that one more one degree increment to 32 is where the melting happens. And that's exactly what it takes. You know, you got to lock in day in, day out, and just keep the process going. And then all of a sudden, there's just that huge explosion of results. Um, So you really got to fall in love with the system, with the process, and keep doing it day in and day out. But definitely i had a classmate pass away uh in a training accident the other day so um i mean life is short so you gotta you do gotta love the people around you you do gotta love what you're doing um and love the process because the goals that's that's the effect that ain't that ain't what you're in it for i like that well and i'm definitely sorry to hear about that man yeah but you're right i think like you say it's, it's trust the process and it's an everyday grind so uh Make sure y'all get into it. Yeah, you may not see it. It may not be right in front of you, but it might be closer than you think. So never count yourself out. If you have doubts, always remember, like, what you're doing it for and that, you know, it's bigger than, you know, a monetary value. It's something that you're pushing for that's going to result in, you know, true happiness around your passion. That's what's up. That's right. Uh, Rome wasn't conquered in one day, and neither was Winterfell. Now, <laughs> all right. Just uh, so that's kind of like a lighthearted joke to get us into our first topic, which is a little bit darker this week, man. You know, we like to talk about uh, issues involving you know our society as Americans, as Black folks, but even like outside of our um, our communities, outside of our country. You know, we got over in Nigeria, we have these SARS, uh, in SARS protests going on right now. And for people who don't know SARS, uh, what SARS is, it is a, it is a special um, anti-robbery squad, right? Designed by the Nigerian um, Nigeria country uh, government in the early 1990s as a special police uh, force, right? That would, you know, help with filing crimes, um, robbery, and such and such, right? 
well, man, like the videos we've been seeing on social media, on the news, man, it's, it's, it's really heartbreaking, right? And um, just, man, just another example of over-policing, you know, that we see not only just in our community, just around the world, you know, um, and, I, and it's far more extreme, you know what I'm saying? Because have you guys seen these videos, man? You guys got men with AKs shooting in the crowd with children and women and stuff like that. And it's crazy, man, to see this type of things. See, this happened to brown people, you know what I'm saying? And it really hits home. And, of course, we fight in our own battle, you know, here in America, you know what I'm saying, with our own policing. And here they are, they, you know, the people of Nigeria, they, they're fighting their own uh, battles as well, man. So to the people out there, man, stay strong, stay together, and in SARS, you know, it's a terrible thing what this government is doing to its own people, you know. And sometimes even America, um, one, one of the things that's kind of different is in America, a lot of times these policemen are of different skin color, right? You know, white all of a sudden, a black suspect. In Nigeria, you know, it's, 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 most, it's all Nigerians, right? Yeah. But mostly, and it's always black, it's like... Um, Black people patrolling black people. So maybe this is a bigger than race issue sometimes. It's a policing issue and giving authority to people who are incompetent, who can't handle these uh, these obligations and responsibilities that comes with the title, man. What y'all think? I, I think you're right. I think it's not about race. I don't think even here, it's, it, race is a connotation of what happens. But I think it's just about power. People in power, abusing that power, right? And you can see it even, uh, you know, in a corporate society or anything when somebody you know starts off with nothing right most of these cops high school you know graduates they you know a lot of them were you know mistreated you know growing up bullied and um now they have the opportunity and the power to you know influence other people and now they can you know take the pain that they had growing up and then inflict that onto others right that's kind of what happens a lot of the times so at least, you know, overseas, it's, it's very it's troubling to watch because you're sitting here as an American, as a human, watching people just get gunned down in the streets. And it, it questions like where, when does it stop? When does the government, when does somebody within the government say, hey, this needs to end? I it mean, this is, shit, ha, ha, right? yeah, right. like you're watching people getting killed, you know, mercilessly in the streets and there's no national guard. I don't know how Nigeria's yeah. government set up. I don't know, but yeah. I just feel like if it's getting to that point, you got to get military officers involved. You got to get tanks on the street. You got to do something just to keep the peace because innocent people are dying, right? And nobody is in control of this government-run organization. Like, who's in charge? Like, who is overseeing and holding these people accountable, right? And that's what it really comes down to is accountability and, you know, making sure that people are, you know, being held to a certain standard if you have a certain level of power. Right. When you have that power, I mean, I hate to bring it back to a comic book, but with great power comes great responsibility. Right. Yeah. I mean, Uncle Ben said it best. If you don't have the ability to take someone's life, you have to be you have to have a certain level of discernment in certain high pressure moments and situations to make sure you're making the right call. Yeah. And I, what I'm saying is just looks like just just murder. It just and looks and what I'm hearing just to back off, uh, back, yeah. back off your camera is what I'm hearing is like, man, these. This um this special police force has been pretty much abusing their powers. I mean, there's allegations of rape, uh, misconduct, and I'm hearing this law from the you know um the, the videos I see of course social media probably the same videos you guys see, of uh, these people crying now saying you know they um not even of course it's not racial profiling but it's kind of like um I guess a financial profile like if you're driving a nice car yeah, you have nice yeah, clothes right. on they automatically assume that you're some some type of fraud going on right that you're a theft you know what I'm saying so. Yeah. That's 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 another thing that I asked it is like man you got these officers who 
who act who act incompetent, you know what I'm saying? And they kind of almost like rough riders, right? Just rolling the streets. Yeah. The way it sounds from the Nigerian people sound like they're just rolling the streets, doing whatever they want, yeah. breaking through, you know, breaking doors down and just like shooting whoever they feel deem is worthy to be shot. And so it is real messed up, man. Yeah, and and I think the the theme that I'm seeing and and been reading and recognizing throughout all of this is that really the struggle is a black struggle, right? And I think that we we feel in America like this is that's that's a problem that we have that's exclusive to us, right? Like, you know, you'll see in Chicago, but you're not going to see overseas type of thing. Um and and I feel like what this has highlighted for me is is that we really are in this together, right? No matter where you are, um, these things are happening and, and we have to stick together, right, as people. A lot of the times there's a the divide between, you know, black people and Africans, African-American yeah, and African. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I feel like that shouldn't be the case. You know, I feel like there's a lot of black people around the world who need to be sticking together, coming together as, as one voice. Right. And, and I also want to, you know, encourage everybody to remember that. There's a lot of Nigerians over here. Some of my classmates, some people I work with, some of my clients, like friends, you know, like brothers and sisters, just like us, care about some of the, you know, the same things. We all, we all ha- are are really uh, a part of a bigger community, right? And we need to be sticking together because just as it's atrocious, atrocious here, it's atrocious over there, right? And just like the problem over here can't be solved with one piece of legislature or, mm, or one, protest, you know, one yeah. protest or, yeah. or one phone call, it ain't going to be solved over there with one phone call either. Right. So yeah. knowing that this is an ongoing process and struggle, it's really about unity between all fronts, right? All black and brown people, hopefully all people, I mean, you know, <laughs> but hey, you know what I mean? Like, so, we're, we're all human, man. Yeah. We all, right. you know, right. created God or the same way and follow. we're here on this earth together. The only way we going to grow is going to be together so we got to figure out a way to make it happen no i definitely agree guys and like i said man uh pray for nigeria man and sars um and hopefully man we we see like better policing legislation coming through you know what i'm saying like laws and better programs that's going to help educate these people who are in these positions of power and hopefully they use it for goodwill and that's all i can really say don't use it to torment and uh brutalize people use it to uplift and better the community there you go. All right, so just moving on to our discussion that we got going uh, coming up for you guys, man. This one is kind of like uh, kind of near and dear to our hearts because I mean we're yeah. all young uh, people, recent college grads. We got in the building. Um, well, I'm actually going to ask you this question because you're actually the most recent grad. So, man, of course, um, if you guys didn't notice, uh, we're currently living under a pandemic. <laughs> so, <laughs> I forgot. And so, um, no, it, it, it is hard to forget. I mean, it's been a, it's been a long uh, year. But, uh, man, a lot of people graduated. You got to think about the class of 2020, man. A lot of people graduated not only high school, but college this year, you know? Yeah. And going back to looking at when I graduated school, I, f- I felt like it was forever ago. Really, it was like t- a summer and a half ago. But, yo, you mean, you, you're you applying for jobs, you know what I'm saying? You're trying to get that first good job out of college, man. It's a lot of pressure. Um, Will, what, what has that been like? What has that uh, role been like for you? You know, you're the most recent college grad in the room, man. Ooh, that's a loaded question. I, I think... I always like telling answering these questions with a story. Um, so, 
somehow I got invited to a African American Alumni Association like virtual happy hour a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, and I think it would have been for homecoming, but you know I forgot that there was such a thing yeah. when you ain't been outside in six months. <laughs> but um, you know I had a lot of a lot of older alumni graduated from the school I graduated with, you know from in in the eighties, early two thousands, nineties, things like that, and um, you know they were very open to saying, oh man, we got a, a young college graduate. Here's my phone number. Here's my email. Reach out. Connect with me on LinkedIn, right? And as the conversation goes on, um, a lot of them started expressing that they they want to give back to the younger generation, the the young 2018, 19, 20, 20 grads, especially the 2020 grads because it ain't nothing opening up, right? And they try to show up for people, but none of the young people show up, right? They'll have events where it might, you know, you know how college is, right? Yeah. You host something, yeah. have some pizza, right? And the college grad's supposed to show up. Yeah. One dude was like, man, I had the pizza, all of that stuff. Nobody came. Yeah. And then another guy uh, who say he graduated in two thousands. He was like, man, you gotta remember. All I remember when I was a college college student was that I was thinking about making it through finals or the next test or getting the hell up out of there, right? What, was, what you gonna buy for the weekend? What you or, finish or partying? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. A little, a little wasted. And, and I think for me, what's made all of the difference is not taking that focus of okay, just the next test, right? It's really college isn't really about that. And we could dive into that later. It's really about meeting people. What makes all of the difference is the people that you know, but not in like a not in a sleazy way, right? Who can you learn from, right? Who's you maybe in ten to fifteen years, right? Who knows something you know? Ex- who has an expert opinion about a sp- particular topic that you can learn from? So after that conversation at a networking event, I had a, a conversation with a, another mentor of mine. And I was trying to connect my buddy uh, to him, right? Because the people we was talking to, you know, they, they're like, look, give me a resume. I'll put it on the desk of the hiring manager, Yeah. right? And these are black people. So I was excited, right? Yeah, so I'm yeah. trying to put my guys on. And what my mentor was saying was, he was like, man, encourage your buddy to, to reach out. Because it's not about, you know, connecting with me for an opportunity. It's about meeting people before the opportunity. Mm, yep. That's what it's about. Yeah. Knowing people, knowing how you could show up for them. And when you come across an opportunity, be ready to give. Be ready to connect. And meet those people so that when they're thinking of you, you can take advantage of that opportunity. Because applying online, I tell you this, I have never even gotten an email back saying you've been declined for an opportunity if I applied online. I have only gotten to where I've gotten because I've shaken hands, got on the phone with people who are in positions. And sometimes it was like on accident. I was just, hey, tell me your story. You know what? You'd be a good fit for this role. <laughs> yeah, tell Maybe me about I it. would. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's really about the networking aspect, man. It doesn't really matter what your GPA is, all of the associations. That's an aspect of it. But what makes all of the difference, I'm telling you, are the people. All right, well, so I got a hard follow-up question for you then. Bring it. So, I mean, for the people who aren't in a uh, networking uh, guru like yourself, you know, you come out of school, let's say you did just graduate this past uh, this past spring, right? And you're looking for that first job out of school. And the economy isn't shit. The job market, everybody's working from home. Of course, uh, I'm pretty sure the job market is decreasing. Unemployment is skyrocketing. Yo, like, what type of, like, attitude do you have to have to get through? I mean, I, when I got out of school, man, I'm applying, applying, applying. I'm ready to hit the pavement running, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But a lot of kids didn't get that opportunity this year because of the pandemic, you know? And maybe now they have to work maybe a lesser job, you know what I'm saying? Just to keep afloat, just keep some money in your pocket, man. Like, what, what, what advice would you have for them? Well, first and foremost, swallow your damn pride, Yeah. right? Because that's true. That's going to be, and to be honest, that's the way it's looking, right? Because that second tr- stimulus package... 
isn't here yet. I haven't yet. seen it yet. <laughs> right? So businesses aren't ready to rehire just yet, right? They don't have the funding to do so, so it might be a little 08-ish. Mm-hmm. And I was on the phone with a with a, a state planner, right? He he this is so he graduated from law school around the 08 depression, took the bar. As a at, took the bar. And this man was working three jobs. As one of them was a caddy. His first job paid off his student loans. Man. That was it. Right? He passed the bar. Y'all got to understand, I'm, you you talking about a bachelor's degree? Forget about it. You got to be ready. You got to be okay mm-hmm. with doing first and foremost whatever it takes to, to make ends meet. But second of all, swallow your pride, right? Be ready to connect. Be ready to, to reach out to somebody. If you see somebody who is where you want to be, get to know them, right? Think about your associations. Reflect on who you are as a person. I think that that's one piece that we don't do as much is understand what you care about, what you like to do. If you like fishing, if you like football if you like poke whatever it is reading find other people who are doing that too and find other people who are older than you to like that too just get to know some people genuinely genuinely just get to know them and as time goes on right you have more people in your network you help other people they will think of you and it'll help out but it is gonna look real 08-ish so it's nothing i can do about what you think cam i like will's point on swallowing your pride man I mean, it's going to be tough. Like, it, nobody wants to be told when they graduate, when they go to school bus, they ask for four years, and they're looking for jobs, that they're going to have to take a lesser role or a lesser job like that they, hourly may, job is really that they may qualify for, right? Uh, but I think, to Will's point, you, you want to set yourself up and know the people so when the opportunities do present themselves, because things are going to open back up, right? It's right. not going to be like this forever, hopefully. Hopefully. You know? <laughs> uh, so when the opportunities start presenting themselves, what have you done over the last six to eight months to position yourself to get those opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. So have you been, you know, you know, kind of sulking away, you know, not uh, being proactive on LinkedIn? Have you not been making sure that you're doing the little things on your resume to set yourself different right even the format of a resume is going to be the difference between your shit getting thrown out and somebody just looking over it right so if you're not setting yourself up that way are you going to see your uh, advisors i mean even if you've already graduated i know valpo had a great program for post-college grads where you could come back get your resume buttoned up do mock interviews uh still network with the uh professors and advisors that know and have job opportunities available are you taking advantage of those so that way when the opportunities do present themselves, you're not looking at your, you know, your uh, LinkedIn account and then you're just like blind, blindly applying for jobs, right? Because, I mean, you've done it, I've done yeah. it, I know Will's done it. You send out a hundred fucking applications, applications and you and may you not hear, hear you don't hear nothing back, right? It happens, right? So the the real thing is, is don't be discouraged coming out of this because what's going to happen is just like in 08, the people that take advantage of this opportunity are going to skyrocket. It's just going to happen. The people that take advantage of the opportunity get grasp the skills and knowledge of what's going on now to better position themselves in the future. It's going to make all the difference when you're sitting in that job interview, uh, you know, eight months from now. And they're going to ask you, well, what things did you do during the pandemic to stay up on your game? Or what things did you learn from mm-hmm. this experience? How is this going to help you grow as a professional? If you didn't do anything, now you're sitting there, uh, well, uh, you know, I uh, watching uh, shows on you know Netflix. what I'm saying? Yeah. But if you took the advantage of having this opportunity and, you know, looked at it as a positive in certain aspects, you still stayed at work, even if you took a job that wasn't ideal coming out of school, but put yourself in a position where you're getting some cash influx. Yep. Now you're, you know, you're learning about new opportunities and roles in whatever, you know, job or organization, even if you just start a club. 
and you, you know, put a club events together, whether it be Zoom calls, and that shows initiative. Companies like to see those types of things because when they're, you know, looking at multiple different prospects, it's not going to come down to the GPA. No. It's going to come down to what things, what initiatives can you take? Are you proactive? Are you organized? Are you a leader? Can you communicate? Um, those are going to be the things that separate you uh, versus just, oh, you got a 3.5, this guy got a 3.4, and then somebody else got a, you know, a 2.9. You'd be surprised. Some of those companies might look at the guy with the 2.9 who's got a longer list of credentials from just outside of just the work looks, experience. Yeah. Work experience. And I think I think exactly to that to that to that point when you bring it up. Let's say if you do have if, if people, man, y'all got to understand what's really happening. Look at the system. If somebody has a 3.5, somebody else has a 3.4, and somebody has a 2.9. Let's say we're the people with the 2.9. How the hell are we beating them? It's not by applying online. Yeah. No, nope. it's not. It's really, it's really, you could say it's about your resume. You can't be out there spelling your name wrong, yeah. stuff like that. But what's going to make the difference is, is your application getting viewed by the person hiring? Yeah. Or is the person with the three five, right? If you shake hands with somebody, call somebody to HR department, all of that stuff, or have somebody that you know put that resume on the hiring manager's desk, they will see the two nine first. And what they're looking for is a leader, somebody who's going to go out of their way to get the job done. That number does not fucking matter. Just for a piece of advice, if you have a 2-9, do not put that on your resume. Just yeah, I definitely kept my GPA on my, oh, my yeah. resume. Look, I ain't put my GPA on my resume, and all motherfuckers cared about is presentation and communication. <laughs> if I presented myself as a professional and able to communicate effectively... The GPA might go matter, to the wayside, bro. and yeah. you, okay, that okay. don't matter. So I got, I got that now. I think that was very good, uh, very thoughtful, which I got to say, man. But I got to say, like, y'all both talked about pride, this Pope, this pride thing. Yo, man, I imagine you're a student. I'm a student. I bust my ass for four years. I, I did everything right. I got the, the grades. Um, I did the extracurricular activities. I did the job internships. I am ready to be paid and compensated for my work. And so when I'm 22 years old and they all, you know, they, they whole, your whole life they've been telling you, you know, go to a good school, you go to a good school, good, good grades, you get good grades, and you do everything right, you ready to be confiscated, you know what I'm saying, for, for your work. Yeah, and it's, and it, as and, you and, should and, be. And your pride, I mean, you probably think that you are deserving, especially if you're in debt. Because the thing is, man, the job market, you can't, you can't come out here and get like a 30K job and be like 120K in debt, you know what I'm saying? That number just don't add up right. And so that's... that's that's a tough pill for people to swallow because, like, you know, the first thing I got out of school is, like, all right, how am I going to pay off the debt? I got to get a good, high-paying job. You know what I'm saying? How you get the good, high-paying jobs? Well, you have, you hopefully that your internship experience, the college you went to, the grades you got, the accomplishments that you, you know, you had will get you into door. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's, that's a tough pill to swallow because it was tough for me because I'm thinking I got all this experience. I played college football. I went to a great school. They're going to be begging me to join them. You know what I'm saying? They're going to be begging me. Come work for my company. Come work for my company. Especially imagine if you went to a very... I mean, I went to college with Worcester, shout out to them. But imagine if you went to Ivy League school or Stanford or Berkeley or UCLA. I mean, you mean, you want the job. I'm, thinking, I'm talking you want it right now. You know what I'm saying? So that's very tough to deal with, man. It's not like, oh, just let me go bust tables or go work as a at Starbucks or something like that. Man, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. So it's definitely not easy. You know what well, I'm saying? It's, it's not going to be easy. This isn't an easy time to be an American, right? So I'm going to let Will get to his point, but I just think that it's, it's not going to be easy. You got to swallow the pride aspect of just saying, hey, this is short term. 
Yeah, okay, this I like is that. for the short term. I'm setting myself up long term in other things I'm doing, but short term monetary compensation may need to come from something that I never thought I would have to do before in order to make that you know short term income. And I think this is a this is a good a good uh, kind of segue for another aspect of what it what it takes to to build something or to to, to navigate a post uh, postgraduate career. You really need to have three different types of people in your life, right? And the first one, first and foremost, is a mentor. Mm -hmm. Here's why that's important. Because you're frustrated as hell when you come out with this degree. Ain't nobody asking for you to do nothing that you wanted to do. Yep. Or it's not, you know, maybe maybe a couple of pieces make sense, but it ain't enough money. Right? And so you get frustrated, all of those types of things. The reason why, in terms of bringing it back to networking, why a mentor is important, because they'll tell you what you need to be doing. And give you mm -hmm. some insight of the next six months, the next six years, the next ten years what after that. For, yeah. They say, "Hey, look, young blood, I felt that too." Knowing that, time out—that's a big statement. You were in my position. Being able to relate, it was tough know, for yeah. you yeah. too. Boom! That easily you—you you gonna wake up Monday morning like, okay, somebody else has been here. It's not just me. The second piece is—is is they help you navigate, right? They help you say, "Look." Right now, I understand the student loan debt, but maybe you need a certain piece of experience. Maybe you need to be building some relationships with, with um, people in this industry, right? Maybe you need to get a job with a different focus that'll help you transition to the job that you want with a better pay, with better pay because you have experience, mm -hmm. right? So having somebody who's 10, 15, 20 years you know, down the line of where you might want to be, that type of thing is going to be massive. Because everybody else out here running around blind like a chicken with their head cut off. You always want to be productive, not just busy. Right? So having having someone else to guide you is going to be really helpful. Now, the second person you want to have in your life is somebody to run with. Basically, the two of y'all. Yep. You see them working hard, you work hard. Yeah. You see them working a little bit harder, you work a little bit harder. Right, and that natural, and it's not like a success, yeah. right, and it, and it's and it's competition, but in a good way. It's it's damn Pat getting up in the morning, he he writing, he reading, he doing all of this. Cam Cam not getting home from work till eight, nine, ten o'clock. The hell am I doing <laughs> taking a nap at twelve? You know what yeah. I mean? Why am I sleeping in till ten? Yeah, I, I need that. to be doing something, right? So that little urge to say, man, they getting better, let me get better. The third person you need to have in your life is somebody you can pour into, somebody you could teach, somebody you can mentor. So find that 18-year-old, that 15-year-old or whatever, however, whatever the, the situation may be, who's behind you that wants to figure out, look, I don't even know what I need to major in. Say, hey, look, this is what I thought about. I felt that too. And help them out. Pass it along. But you get better as you reflect by teaching them. You get better in understanding your environment. I like that. Word. I like that. So, so I gotta ask you. So, like for that. someone who is looking for mentorship, though, like, where do you go? Cause not like they just walking across the street. You know what I'm saying? I'm knocking on your door. Cause like, cause you got a lot of young people who are who are going to be young professionals. Uh, I'm sure like a lot of schools have networking programs and stuff like that. And I tried some mentorships, um, but I was just like, man, I just I feel like this guy doesn't really know me like that. And of course, you're probably not going to hit it. That's like a, finding your first therapist. You know what I'm saying? You're not just going to hit it on the head the first time. That's so maybe true. you gotta like go through a couple of mentors or whatever. But how do you even get into the field of like finding a a worthy mentor? You know what I'm saying? Someone to help navigate you in your career. To Will's point, it depends on where you're at too. Like college, there's a lot of especially at major universities, there's a lot of opportunities. Like 
there's groups you can join. I mean, fraternities and sororities have, uh, depending on which one you join, they're going to have good mentors, people that have been in those similar positions. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you're outside of school now and you're just looking for somebody to, you know, grow with or learn from, then you just got to find small commonalities, like whether it be golf, right, or an activity that you like or a book club or something where you're not seeking the information up front. You're just getting to know the person. And once you get to know the person and you say, hey, well, I'm going through this. And they're like, oh, cool. I've been through a similar situation. And you kind of just start to build from a commonality that may be as simple as uh, watching games together or playing board games or something simple like that. Find those communities that you can grow within that have similar interests. Then it's more of just a natural connection than it is, oh, well, I need to go learn from this guy. I need to go absorb all the information. You just naturally want to learn because you respect that person because they have similar interests to you and have been in a similar situation. It's a little bit harder post-college than it is while you're in school because you school have that sets up the community aspect of it. They put stuff in place. They'll send you emails. They'll put flyers, flyers up, up in the dorm rooms. So take advantage of that, man. Show up. Like, really do. I didn't even really take advantage of that until I really, until uh, my junior year, really, yeah, when, I, when I started. Year, yeah. You know, I had some rough spots in college. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to speak yeah. on it. But my junior year, I mean, I, literally, it just was one day I just said, you know, I'm going to go to that event. Yeah, I went to that event. I ended up getting the job that I'm working now, and I'm, <laughs> I'm doing good. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it just could be as simple as simple as that. Just say, hey, I'm going to just go to this event, see what happens, you know, have some pizza, drink some pop. Talk mm -hmm. to some people and see what happens. And that's all it takes. And it could be... Putting you, yourself out there. Putting yourself out there. And you may not want to. You may be nervous. You may be like, I just would rather take this nap or rather, you know, pregame to go out to places. But, dude, I mean, college is going to come yeah. and go so quick that you don't want to look up and be like, man, what did I really accomplish? Or, what you know, what could... Even if I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish, could I have done a little bit more? Right. I, I think that's a great way to think. And I'm, I'm going to think more of, like, from the, um, the student's perspective. Yo, man, it's a lot of anxiety, like, meeting extremely successful people. You know what I'm saying? I used to go to the talks at my school where people who were, you know, CEOs of their own company, even, like, you know, because I play football, so, like, some of the football alumni would come and talk yeah. to you, and I'd ask you, like, well, what do you want to do with your life? And it's kind of intimidating, you know, especially, especially when you're meeting these uh, very successful people. Maybe they're millionaires. Maybe they're, like, on the board, you know what I'm saying? And you might feel like you're not even deemed worthy of, like, Maybe you might even think, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I know I want to meet that person. I want to network with that person, but I'm not ready yet. You know what I'm saying? I need to get certain credentials under my belt so I can present myself in a fashion that that person may deem, okay, maybe they're good enough to whatever, you know, you're trying to get into. So it's, it's a lot of anxiety. I mean, I know I send emails all the time. It's always, I hope this email finds you well. You know what I'm <laughs> I always start off, hi, I hope this email finds you well. You my go. name is... But man, it's always, you know, um, I'm always, I'm, I'm trying to do better at networking, connecting with people, you know, especially like I'm trying to get into like uh, filming and production. So I'm sending emails with people who just want to work and collab or even people who have advice. Most of the time they don't reach back out, but you know, that's okay. At least you sent the email, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But um, it, it is a lot of, um, it does take a lot of courage, you know what I'm saying? It's nothing just that you can just like go up to somebody and say, here, this is who I am and expect yeah. for them to just buy into you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You really got to do like your background work and also... If you feel that you need to present yourself or you need to accomplish certain things, that I think that's okay too before you present yourself to your next mentor or mentorship period. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it's it's a journey. Yeah, I think I think you, you, you brought up an excellent piece. And and that's probably outside of people I think outside of 
young people thinking they got this shit figured out, which you don't, period. Yeah, you I don't. Did. If if you had it figured out, God would take you from this earth, period. <laughs> so every day you should realize that there's something to learn. But outside of that 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 um ego piece, I think that is the biggest reason why people don't reach out for mentors. It's it's gonna be like, I'm not ready yet. I, I'm not good enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I haven't done you know? anything yet. Right. And so I think that the best place to start, you eventually want to be there mm-hmm. when you're reaching out like, hey, man, CEO yeah. or director for this 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 film company, whatever, whatever that might look like for you. That's where you want to be eventually. But you can't start there. Right. And, and I definitely have I definitely have have felt that that fear personally. I mean, shit, that's why this tattoo is on me. Mm-hmm. I promise you, it says don't fear nobody. Yeah. So I, I had to put I had to carve that on my on me. So I understand that. And I think the best place to start is exactly where Kim said with your associations, right? So so look at all of the things that you're doing. Where are you spending your time? In there, find people you just get along with that are older than you. That's yeah. easy. That'll just help you shake hands. Mm-hmm. But if you want to take it a step further, this is where you start to, you, you, you got to face that fear. Look at the people who've challenged you, right? Find that teacher that didn't let you get off the hook, right? The dude that you, you was like, oh, man, he ain't, he would have dick right like yeah. Yeah, you know what i mean that's the person you want and especially especially when they were like you know i saw something in you i expected more of you those people you go up to first right after you you find your associations whether that be like, a that teacher kind of hard man it's got to be you have been, but that's the thing and you that have was crazy to attack because, that shit head uh, on. i was actually thinking about reaching out to an old high school teacher you know because i felt like they would have like some career advice for me you know and uh, of course i had to i ended up facebook messaging them because i couldn't find their email but I got the email, you know, yeah. regardless. But sometimes you got to go through those channels. But uh, it, it is a little tough at first trying to um, find network. I guess trying to get into that first and, group, getting uh, out the door, right? I, I guess that would be it. One piece of advice that I had to kind of learn and just real quick is just those same people that you think so highly and look up to, they probably were sitting in your same shoes. Exactly. So, if not worse, exactly. you know what I'm saying? They probably right. look at you like, man, you so are years you, ahead of where I was. When you put that in perspective. still don't know what the fuck they doing. Yeah, when you put that in perspective, you don't want to put anybody too high on a pedestal. We're all, you know, people just learning day by day. So if you're nervous or if you're not unsure of yourself, then just take a breath and just be like, hey, you know, I've made it to this point. I'm in school. I'm doing well. Mm-hmm. I have stuff to bring to the table too. Exactly. Right? If you come with that mindset and you say, hey, there's things I need to learn and grow within, but hey, I'm here, right? I made it to this X university. I've, you know, graduated, you know, at least, you know, top of my class or something, you know, in high school. I've played sports. I've been involved with these organizations. Um, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out. But when you come with a certain level of confidence, even if you don't know shit, if you come with a certain level of confidence, a lot of people just fake resonate it till you make that. it. You saying fake it till you make it, man. I mean, that's really how it goes. I mean, if you don't, the biggest thing I've seen when when anybody, right, when you're a guy approaching a girl at a bar or uh, you know going to a mentor or you know going to that job interview, the biggest thing that can't be faked is confidence. Yeah, you can't fake confidence. You know, is there's cockiness and then there's confidence. If you're just sure of yourself, you know who you are. And you say, you know, at the end of the day, whether it works out or not, I'm just going to give it my best effort. Right. That can't be faked. You know what I'm saying? But you got to know within yourself, you got to look intrinsically and say, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Hey, shit, I mean, that Muhammad Ali, we know him as one of the, I'm, I'm the greatest yeah. and I'm pretty, right? <laughs> For real. He used to, he used no, to I psych know. himself up. Talking about I'm pretty. Right, literally, <laughs> before the fight. 
just to prove to himself that he could do it. Sometimes he was scared out of his mind and would say those things to himself to inspire that confidence, right? And I think that that the, that that reason saying, okay, look, I'm not perfect. I might not be the smartest, fastest, whatever it is, but at least I'm here is the reason why you got to reach out to that, that level too is finding mm -hmm. that person that challenged you. Right, that person that gave that teacher that gave you that C minus, or that coach that ran, told you to run that extra lap, whatever it was, because you got to recognize they don't hate you, right? They want you to be better. And those people, diamond sharpen diamond, yeah, right? No pressure, no diamond. So you got to go find those people, and they'll say, "Look, man, I saw this in you. I told you, I gave you that that B minus when you thought you should have got the A or the B plus, whatever, because I think you could work a little bit harder." And you say, "Okay." Well, what could you I be doing now? Challenge. Yeah, you take the challenge. And take that shit head on, and you'll be better for it. And you can be scared out of your mind. I think so, Will. And <laughs> yeah, I think I agree. The one thing, just off that point where you said, a lot of people look at that as a negative. Oh, why they treating me like this? They doing me bogus. They didn't even say nothing to old girl over there. Yeah. They, they just picking on why me. Why you dogging me? Right? But yeah, why you dogging me? And, I, and to Will's point, it just comes down to the mindset of taking constructive criticism as a positive. Because my the biggest thing my dad always used to tell me playing sports growing up is the coach that don't say shit to you don't give two fucks about you. <laughs> yeah. Right. The once one that the one you. that uh, once they stop coaching you they gave up on you if they don't you know if they're not pulling you to the side on every play or hey this is what you need to do your footwork's not here you know they care about you they want to see you do well so it's the same thing in school sports organizations the people that pull you aside and actually talk to you one on one they care about you uh, even if it's something that you don't want to hear. You got to take it as a positive and be like, yo, this is what I can grow and learn on, right? Definitely. And so before we uh, move on to our next um, uh, topic, Will, can you tell us one more time, what are the three things? Ooh, okay. I forget, I forget it's, uh, there's, a, there's a name for these type of people and it's, it's, it's um, forgetting my mind. Three types of people you need to have in your life. First one, a mentor. Okay. Right? Somebody who's been, somebody who you, who's in the shoes you want to be in maybe 10, 15 years down the line, yep. right? Whether that be in an industry, whether that be personally, or maybe they just got certain characteristics. They're people, person, whatever it is. For sure. What's the second one? Second one, people to run with, right? So when you, it's, it's 6.15 in the morning and you can snooze because you know you got an extra 30 minutes, what's your boys or your girls doing? Did they snooze? Are they staying yeah. up late? What are they doing on Saturday in the morning? Are they cleaning? Are they reading? Are they prepping? Making a podcast. Or are they, are they <laughs> you know, not doing nothing, right? Finding people who are also hustling too. And then the third piece, one of the most critical, um, not just for the community, there's a community aspect to it, but also for yourself is finding somebody you can pour into, somebody you can teach, you can mentor who's younger than you. Uh, because you help them figure things out that you might have you might have gone through. And and. Pretty much every high school student, 95% of them don't know what to major in or why to major in it, other than money and my, my parents told, told me to. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, so help them ask the tough questions and ask better questions. But in doing so, in understanding what's going on to teach it to them, you have to know your environment. So taking the time to reflect by teaching is going to be critical for you because you realize, man, you know, I didn't think about it this way. Yeah. Damn, should I be thinking about it this way right now? Yeah. And those questions will be sitting in the back of your mind. So when you're you see an opportunity, you like, man, I just told my little cousin to think about five where I want to be in five years. How do I do this with my career? Yeah. And you'll be in a better position. So definitely have all three.
do want to talk about eventually. We don't have to do it today. Yeah. But is it, you know, you're 18 years old. You just graduated from high school. Everybody's telling you or asking, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? What do you want to do? What do you want to be? What school do you want to go to? Is it too much pressure to put on a kid that's 18? Because you think about it, the university you choose really does kind of put your trajectory for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, it sets everything. The major you choose sets the trajectory for your life. And you're 18 years old, you may not even know who you are yet, right? Because really nowadays, especially with social media, a lot of these kids are just looking on their phones and they're looking at other people and like, well, what maybe I should be like this. Yeah. Maybe this guy's got all the cars and the, you know, the bling and all this shit. Maybe I should try and do what he's trying to do, right? And you don't even know yourself yet. How are you expected to know what you want to be for the next, you know, 50 years or the university that's going to put you in a trajectory or space to grow to who you want to be? Is that too much pressure? I mean, but it's an extreme amount of pressure because if when you're 18 years old and you think about it, you know, of course, you have to make big decisions. It's probably the time you have to make probably the big decisions of your life thus yeah. far. What school you want to go to, what you want to major in, what do you want to be when you grow up? That's a crazy question, right? Yeah. And it's so crazy because I went through four years of college and I still didn't know what the hell I wanted to do, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, and, so, and, I, and I was 22 and I, I'm like, well, I still don't really know what I want to do. Yeah. I thought I was supposed to figure this out in college and I, I didn't. And so that was kind of, that, that kind of tripped me up a little bit because I, I'm, because sometimes the college gives you the illusion that you're doing everything you need to do to get to where you need to go. Yeah. And you think that you have people around you. Oh, yeah, I want to go to med school. I want to go to law school. I want to be a scientist. I want to be a engineer doctor, engineer, whatever it may be, right? And you like, okay, they want to be that. Patrick, what do you want to be? Well, I am a, you know, such and such major. Maybe I should do this. You know what I'm saying? And you, and you give yourself the illusion, yeah, that's what I want to do. And then yeah. you graduate and you leave and you're just like, that is exactly the opposite of what I want to do. <laughs> right. You know, so it's kind of like you got to like almost reinvent yourself. So to your question, to ask some, like a youth, like, you know, at 18, 17 years old, when you're applying for college or picking what major you want to, you know, major in, what do you want to do? Yo, that's an extremely like high anxiety question because it's like it's if you get the question. answer, because you feel like if you get the question wrong or if you like backtrack on it or renege on it, you kind of you feel like, failure, yeah, you like you a failure, sense. right? Like yeah. I told everybody I was going to do this, and then I end up doing this. So I don't even want to like talk about it. You know what I'm saying? That, that's really how it be. And sometimes. that's kind of how I felt too, because I originally went to school to be an engineer, mm -hmm. and it felt it felt like I had failed when I had to switch when I switched my majors, because uh, I realized this shit ain't for me. Exactly. Right. And, and, and I think that's the biggest thing that people I I know that's what I learned in college. Even like after I graduated college was. You can't compare, like, if you got friends who say, who feel like they so um, sure of themselves, who really know what they want to do, chances are they probably don't. They just talking out their ass. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but, and so that's, that, in that sense, man, you should, like, you know, look into yourself and ask yourself, what do you want to do? What are you passionate about? What gets you out of bed in the morning? You know what I'm saying? It took me a while to, like, really figure that out, especially, like, after ball and stuff like that. Like, yeah. What what do I do now? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Post yeah. post uh, collegiate career type shit. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't do the thing I love anymore. All right, what's something that I could find passion in doing for a living? But to know that answer at 18 is almost like impossible. Yeah, I think that, that, that it, I, it's a bad question to me. Um, what do you want to do? If I were to ask somebody in that position, I would more so like like in a, a 18 or I mean even anybody under 30. Really, yeah. Or 50, to be honest. Yeah, 30, you you 30, really 30, just 30, getting 30, started, 50. bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Started? Well, let me pose a question to you because it kind of is more so when you're figuring out, like, where do you want to go to school? What do you want to major in? 
it's a lot of pressure for a lot of these, you know, young kids when they don't even know who they are yet yeah. to ask them, okay, this is going to be the school that you choose going to set up the trajectory of your rest of your life, more or less, right? The mm-hmm. major you pick is going to set up the trajectory for the rest of your life, more or less. So as an 18-year-old, I mean, how do you navigate that question of, you know, is this the right move? How do you handle the pressure? So then you got to you gotta, you gotta ask better questions to yourself. I think you got to do research. Yeah, that's, that's hard. That's yeah, but hard. you can't do unguided research. So first yeah. of all, we live in a very unfocused and distracted era. I mean, the Wikipedia most, be sending niggas off. Oh, <laughs> we actually we live in we live in the most unfocused and distracted era hey, of Wikipedia human history. Had the birthday days, right, man? Yeah. So what you gotta you gotta ask yourself. I, I used to think really the better question was how do you want to live. That's, that's still too best. tough. That's a that's the best. It's question. better, much better. Still too tough. Like by what means? Like financially? Like yeah, that's that's the problem. Lifestyle. So like. More so lifestyle. Right. And, and that's still kind of because then you'll be like, OK, well, I know I want to have this three kids, two, two cars. Kids so that'll work if I'm a nice doctor. That's still tough. <laughs> the better question is, is what type, type of person do you want to be? Who do you what type of man, woman, person do you want to be? At 30, 40, 50. Not what you're doing from 9 to 5. Yeah. Not what you're doing on Saturday. Do you want to be giving back to some causes? Do you want to be people that that the other people look up to? Yeah. Or do you not? You know, and yeah. that's and that's okay. okay. That's yeah. okay. What Charles Barkley said, I ain't no fucking role no model. model. And that's fine. <laughs> but recognize that. Look. Yeah. I'm trying to like for example, I, my cousin, right, is a role model to me, right? And one of the things that he says, he's like, look, man, I don't really care about how much money I'm making, or all of these other things. I really don't even care about myself that much. I just want my family to be straight. That's a huge realization for any human being. I just want to show up for my family and take care of them. And then from there, what's going to allow me to do that? Where should I be? Them easy questions because you know what the goal is. Yeah. So ask yourself, what type like, of person do you want to be? I think I like that well. Yeah, I think I didn't ask myself that question. I asked myself the question of how do I want to live like the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like, not, no, just like, do I want to live in the city, suburbs? Yeah. How do, do I want to have three cars, no cars, one car, two cars? Just like shit like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, five, six cars. Yeah, just materialistic <laughs> shit. I never looked at it. I was straight materialistic because at the end of the day, I mean, to me, it's that's like. That's what shows you value. You that's what showed you value when I was 19 years old, 20 years old. I mean, looking at it now, it, I mean, I grew wood. You got to ask, how do you want to be? You know, I mean, the the how do you want to live question definitely put me in the right direction. But yeah. it's not the it's not the true question. Right. You want to it's ask much better yourself. than what you want to be doing. Yeah. Nobody no, fucking no, no. who even knows what well, jobs going to be paying what? Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. In six months. Like, I don't yeah, know. You don't know what the market's going to dictate. And uh, if you don't know, man, it's OK. Don't stress yourself out about it. Just find something that you find people yeah. that you can be open and honest with and people that are going to challenge you. Right. I think what Will's point is perfect. Like your peers. I mean, we wouldn't be where we are right now if it wasn't for everyone else around us in the chat. Right. You know, we are there for each other in our darkest moments and also uplifting each other in in the highest moments and our highest moments, too. So that's what you surround yourself. Surround yourself with positive people, because it's a lot of people out here that just don't will you know, don't care about you. They, you know, care less about you. They only in it for themselves. So Mm -hmm. when you can find a genuine group of people, um, that you know support you and will hold you down just rock with them what you need what you need what you need what you need